0: Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 107 of the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I am your host, Tino Romero Jr., aka the Graveyard Grumbler. Today's episode, we are continuing. We are continuing with a different type of crime that has been committed. We are continuing with animal attacks. And this one is a pretty well-known one. It was one that I've heard off and on, but never really dove into it to figure out, or not figure out, but find out exactly what, why, and what was the whole fucking reason why this even was a thing. But today we're going to be doing an episode on Timothy Treadwell. And people are like, well, I've heard that name, but who is Timothy Treadwell? Well, if if you don't fully remember who Timothy Treadwell is... Timothy Treadwell is the individual that decided to go live with bears out in Alaska thinking that they were his homeboy Winnie the Pooh pooh buddy boys, you know. He was hoping that one day he would be able to connect with these bears and one of them would be all like, "Hey, yo, Boo-Boo. Hey, yo, Timothy. Let's go get some t- let's go get some picnic food, man. Come on." You know, but that obviously if things went the way he wanted it, he wouldn't be on my show right now. <laughs> so, let's get into it. Who is Timothy Tridwell? In Long Island, New York, one of five children of Val and Carol Dexter. He attended He attended Connecticut High School where he was the swimming team star diver. He was very fond of animals and kept a squirrel named Willie as a pet. See, that's where he fucked up. Squirrels are mean. People think that, oh, you know, I can be the squirrel master and I can, I, I can manipulate and train a squirrel to go bring me nuts and steal shit. But no, squirrels are not that tameable. They're just, they just allow you to tolerate them or they, they allow their toleration for you just so they can get what they want. In an interview in Grizzly Man 2005, his parents say he was an ordinary young man until he went away to college. There he claimed that he was a British orphan who was born in Australia. Why why lie about where you came from? You can't, You came from New York. What's the point? According to this account, his father said Timothy spiraled down and became an alcoholic after he lost the role of Woody Boy to Woody Harrelson in the sitcom Cheers. In 1987, he legally changed his surname from Dexter to Treadwell, a name from his mother's family that he, he had used informally for some years. You can't really be upset when you lose the role to a hit sitcom Cheers by, to Woody Harrelson. We all know... I mean, White Man Can't Jump, Zombieland, one of the most famous. We He even had a little star, a little role in, uh, what is it, uh, No Country for Old Men. I mean, he's, he, Woody Harrelson is in a ton of movies. So losing the role to Woody Harrelson is nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, it was one of those, hey, high five, I did my best, but somebody did way better and beat me. That, that's pretty much what the gist of that is. A lover of animals since he was a child, Treadwell decided to travel to Alaska to watch bears. After a close friend convinced him to do so, he wrote that after his first encounter with a wild bear, he knew he had found his calling in life, and that now his destiny was entwined with those of the bears. This, that's where you don't fucked up. You know you don't fucked up, right? You, you know you don't, don't. You know you don't fucked up. How many times have we been told as as when we were kids? How many times have we to, have we been told as kids not? To follow the advice of friends. It's a whole thing. If you're gonna jump, if your friend jumps off a bridge, are you gonna jump off a bridge? If your friend goes in and says, Hey, I want to go look at some bears, maybe you should do it. Maybe you should not, because they're wild fucking bears. That doesn't make any sense to me why you're gonna say, I found my life and now I like bears. Bro, yo, no, don't do it. But who am I to say? I I'm I'm just safely inside the confines of my studio not going outside with wild bears and worrying about getting mauled. Treadwell studied the bears during summer seasons for 13 years before being killed by one of them. According to his book, Among Grizzlies Living with Wild Bears in Alaska, his mission to protect bears began in the late 1980s after surviving a near-fatal heroin overdose. I understand we want to conserve the species. I love bears. Bears are one of my ultimate, most favorite animal of all time. They, they are just powerful. They're amazing. They're agile. I mean, they're, they're probably like the ultimate package. So I understand you want to preserve and save the species. I get that. But living amongst bears, living amongst wild animals, probably isn't the best thing to do since it's not the best thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Look, I understand, you found a whole new way of life. You you beat heroin, you overdosed, and now you have a new calling for life thinking that, hey, I found my destiny and I know what I want to do. Probably living with bears is not one of them. But again, who am I? He claims in his book that his drug addiction grew from his alcoholism and attributed his recovery from drug and alcohol addictions entirely to his relationship with bears. So what this guy is saying is like, look, man, I was, addicted, I, was, I was addicted to booze, heavily addicted to booze, and then it moved to heroin because the booze couldn't booze me up enough, so I needed something a little stronger. I needed some of that little Mr. Sandman to get into my dreams so I can feel good, so I can just cope with what's going on in my life. But then after his overdose, he's saying that he never, ever felt like he needed to use again because of his bears. The bears killed his, the bears cured his addiction. Which, again, all addiction really is for most people, not not everybody. But usually when someone gets over an addiction, they're not truly getting over an addiction. What they're doing is they're trading one addiction in for another addiction. One that's probably more suitable to society and to other people's approval. But all it really is is you are in another addiction. But it's just not drugs and alcohol anymore. Now let's go to Alaska. Obviously, he again, we're, we're going to go to Alaska because that's where this whole thing had taken place. We understand, at least I hope we understand, because I didn't understand until I just understood now, was that this guy gave it his all. He He, he was a nomad and decided that it is time for me to live in the last wilderness of America. I am going to head out to Alaska, so let's pack up the bags, fuck the Oregon Trail. We're going to Alaska. Treadwell spent the early part of each season capping on the Big Green, an open area of bear grass in, in Hollow Bay on the Kat, Katmai, Katami? Uh, we're just going to call it Katami Coast, K-A-T-M-A-I. I, I'm not from Alaska, so I can't pronounce it, and I do apologize to any Alaskans if I fuck that word up. Actually, I know I fucked it up. He called the area the Grizzly Sanctuary. Treadwell is known for getting extremely close to the bears he observed, sometimes even touching them and playing with bear cubs. Why, man? Why? Why? Why would you tr- Why would you tempt fate? And why would you attempt to do anything that probably isn't meant to be doing? That doesn't make any sense. We all know that. We all know how incredibly territorial bears are. We 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 know this. But yet, I'm going to go play with the bear and the bear cubs. Boy, I tell you. In his book, though, he claimed that he was always careful with the bears and actually developed a sense of mutual trust and respect with the animals. That's a lie. You can never develop a trust, trust with a wild animal. You just can't do it. He habitually named the bears he encountered and consistently saw many of the same bears each summer, so claimed to build, so he claimed to build a standing relationship with them. De- no, that's Delusion. You're delusional, man. You you can't form any sort of bond or standing relationship with wild animals. The most that you can do is form that they're going to tolerate what you want. It's not something that you're going to be able to say, hey, how's it going, Cody boo? I really like you. And Cody's going to be like, bro, what up though? And and then you guys are going to slap paws and move on with your date. That's not, that's not, that's not realistic. So for those of you who are out there listening, please do not go pet wildlife. Do not pick up wildlife. Do not claim that you can have some sort of spiritual bond or connection and build some sort of relationship with a wild animal. That's just not realistic. Don't do it. Don't think about doing it. Don't dream about thinking about doing it because it's going to get you fucked up. That's my disclaimer. (laughs) In contrast, Tom Smith, a research ecolog- ecologist with the Alaska Science Center, the U.S. Geological Service, declared that Treadwells, in quote, was breaking every park rule that there was in terms of distance to the bears, harassing wildlife, and interfering with natural process. You know what's funny? Here, here's, here's what cracks me up. Is that someone who is fulfilling their, we'll say their life dream. So in this, cl- in this case, we're talking about Treadwell. Treadwell's out there playing with the bears, loving them, hugging them out. You know, smoochy smoochy, pooky pooky, bear poke, don't poke the bear cuz the bear's not going to do anything to me cuz I loves me some bears. He sees it as as fulfilling his lifelong journey or or his calling. But in reality what's happening is that he's violating every certain, every every park rule that is available to protect people from getting fucked up by bears or by any other wildlife. He's just going around. There's just la, 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 la. And so in his book, and of course, from the people that he knows, and even people that are very close to him, he's doing great work. He's preserving the species. He's doing all this shit in his own mind. That's what he thinks he's doing. But on the outside, in the really real world, in reality, he's breaking several laws. He's harassing the wildlife because that's what he's doing. You can't just walk up and pet a bear and play with bear cubs without harassing the animals. You're you're impeding in their natural habitat, and so it always cracks me up when when people who are who think they're doing well, we're doing good for the for for whatever their cause is. They don't look at the actual facts and realize, shit, I'm breaking a lot of laws and I'm doing something that's probably illegal. It, it, it happens a lot. I mean, I'm not going to get into specifics, but there are plenty of examples, especially when it comes to wildlife preservation or people who live with animals. That they break a lot of regulations that are in place to protect you from getting fucked up by the wildlife you are so-called protecting. <laughs> right off the bat, his personal mission was at odds with the Park Service. He had been warned repeatedly. He had been warned repeatedly not to continue or harass any of the animals. Referring to Treadwell's death, Smith concluded, It's a tragic thing, but it's not unpredictable. Boom, roasted. Get in line. Shut it down. because. You were given every opportunity to obey the rules, to listen to, to heed people's warnings and to stay alive and not get fucked up by the very bears you said you were protecting. Now, I remember listening to the the news article or to the news report about it, and I just shook my head. But you have the park ranger saying it wasn't unpredictable that dude was going to get fucked up by the bears. When you completely ignore every sort of safety precaution that is put in place to protect you from getting fucked up by a bear... It's kind of like, oh, I, I saw that coming. It, it it's not it's not really one of those deals to where you're going to where you're going to find something surprisingly. It, there, there's nothing there's nothing that that surprises someone when you're out in the wild with bears, and then you get mauled by a bear. Boy, I tell you. During the later part of each summer, he would move to Kaf, to Kaflea Bay and camp in the area of especially thick brush he called the grizzly maze. Here, the chances of crossing paths with wild bears were much higher since the location intersected bear trails. You're going to put yourself into danger. You're going to go hop in the middle of, of the thicket of shit, literally. I mean, I understand. He feels that he has a connection with bears. Okay, I kind of understand. But at the same time, these are wild animals. Come on, man, they're wild. Treadwell recorded almost 100 hours of video footage, some of which was later used to create the documentary Grizzly Man and produced a large collection of still uh, photographs. Great. I'm, I'm actually curious to look at the Grizzly Man documentary to see what's up. Treadwell claimed to be alone with wildlife on several occasions in his videos. However, his girlfriend Amy was with him during parts of the last three summers. The documentary says two summers. And at the time of their death, other people possibly accompanied Treadwell during the other summer trips. Why would you go along with this with this yokel? Why why would you go around and go hang out with bears with an untrained professional because he says I have a connection with bears? My spiritual ancestors told me that I am one with the bears and the bears is one with me. We are like cross fingers, we two. My spiritual ancestors, my guidance counselor. My, my guidance spiritual counselor told me, I love bears. Bears love me. Go hang out with them right now. No, stop, pause. Do not pass go. Go straight to jail. You don't need to be out there with someone who has no idea what they're doing. Why? Because he trusts you. I have a bond with the bears. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to believe everything he says. Boy, I tell you. By 2001, Treadwell became sufficiently notable to receive extensive media attention, both on television and environmental circles, and he made frequent public appearances as an environmental activist. Great. If you don't call yourself, if you're not a professional, you're going to call yourself an activist, which is going to give you some sort of attention, some sort of way, kind of whatever way they think is going to be best for them. He traveled throughout the United States to educate school children about bears and appeared on the Discovery Channel, The Late Show with David Letterman and Dateline NBC to discuss his appearances. no stop you're not you should not be talking to kids about what to do with bears when you yourself do not know what to do with bears am, am I the only one who 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 is thinking about this logically? We have somebody who is who is purposely putting himself in danger to go hang out with bears. And then he's telling people, he's telling kids to go do the same kids who are very influential who will pretty much go attempt to do exactly what he's doing because he wants to be like the bear man. And we're we're, we're telling these kids what it is that has to be done. Or not we, but this guy, Mr uh whatever this guy's name I can't remember his name now cuz I'm so worked up. We're going to tell these kids to go hang out with bears because an amateur bear player <laughs> player with bears went to go in and go live with them for a couple a couple of summers and now he's an expert? No. That's not that's not cool cuz kids are very influential. They they they're, they're, they're going to go do shit and get fucked up by something. Charlie Russell, who studied bears, raised him and lived with them in Kamchatka, Russia for a decade, worked with Treadwell. Russell advised Treadwell to carry pepper spray and use electric fences. Do you know why? Do you know why Russell or Charlie Russell from Kachka, Russia, told him to carry bear spray and electric fences? You in the back, yeah, you with the ears. Do you know why he so he told him that? He told him that because they are wild animals and they can fuck him up at the blink of an eye. You're gonna sleep without any sort of defenses up. Literally, you're not gonna. You're gonna try to take a nappy nap when you have nothing protecting you but the wind, the air. Gravity. And you think that these bears aren't going to come in here and fuck you up? Come on. This dude from... Now, when a Russian tells you... When a Russian tells you to use bear spray and use electric fences when around wild bears, I think you should probably take this dude's advice and use electric fences and use bear spray so you don't get fucked up by the very the very bears that you're hanging out with and playing Monopoly and reading the Bear Sing Bears book to them every single night. You, you can't trust a wild animal. You just can't do it. Russell originally refrained from commenting on Treadwell after he was killed, but after Grizzly Man was released, he wrote a lengthy critique of Treadwell's failure to follow basic safety precautions. Basic safety precautions would have kept this dude alive. But this guy wants to be all, I'm in touch with my spiritual, my, my spiritual animal. We have a bond. We are one and I am him. He is me and I am him. My spiritual bear sisters told me to go and roar, roar, roar with the rest of my friends. Basic safety precautions, nothing advanced. You don't have howitzer missiles. You don't have landmines there. Basic safety precautions that, this, that Treadwell neglected to follow. Resulting him to being a, a an episode on the Graveyard Grumbler podcast. I mean, it's good for me, good for my listeners, but not good for him and his friends or his family. Because, dude, just just no, stop. Well, not anymore because he's dead, but <laughs> in spite of his criticism of Treadwell, Russell praised Russell praised him for his devotion to Bears and his ability to remain alive for so long. He defended him against people who criticized his work writing. If Timothy had spent those 13 years killing bears and guiding others to do the same, eventually being killed by one, he would have been remembered in Alaska with great admiration, end quote. I'm sorry, I end quote. We're continuing. So Russell will say, look, man, what he did, yeah, was kind of nuts, but he did survive for X amount of years without having any precautions. He, he was literally amongst the wild bears for so long. Russell was critical of Grizzly Man, saying it was unfair to Treadwell, and if Palavoc really was a protector of bears, she should have looked for a filmmaker who would have been sympathetic towards them. So, according, there was some they, they they've demonized, they villainized the Treadwell, him and his wife Amy. Or for, there's something about the name Amy that just that just fucks things up. There's just something about an Amy name that says, "Hey, I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna mess it all up." No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. That, that's just a joke. <laughs> I was reading something about if if your girlfriend or your wife has this name, then watch out. It was one of those silly Facebook things that I read. I'm just kidding. It's not it's not the name that that changes the attitude of the woman. It's it's the person themselves. I'm just kidding. So apparently, they were the filmmaker who was following the the Grizzly Man was very critical. They they were, they were very very negative towards him saying that pretty much they were dumbasses for doing what they were doing and this is what i'm gonna say and re- re- just just trashed him i mean look i get it i understand that what he did was weird <laughs> was way out of pocket this dude was acting wild on the yard he was crazy on the yard right now but there's no reason i mean they hired you to to film him, and the least you can do is give some common courtesy that that's all that's that's it you know According to the organization Treadwell founded Grizzly People, five bears were poached in the year following his death while none had been poached while he was present in Kat- Katmai. It- Kat- Katmai, I-, I can't pronounce that word. So allegedly, according to the organization that Treadwell founded, the- it's called Grizzly People, five bears were poached in the year following his death while none had been poached while he was present. See, I have, I, I find that a little difficult to believe. Not because I, I don't doubt that they were kind of reserved on poaching the bears, but I just don't feel that that a bear in Alaska, how vast the wilderness of Alaska is, would have been able to be close enough to Treadwell to have an eye out so he can say, hey, don't poach my bear. So I, I think that number might be skewered a little bit. I'm not I'm not. I'm not believing it, but I'm not doubting it. That's just my personal unprofessional opinion. I mean, I didn't go hang out with bears. The closest thing that I've ever done was I've I had the collection of the Bear Sting Bears and I watched Yogi Bear a few times and I love tailspin. That that that's pretty much the the extent of my bear knowledge and education on that subject. So, in my opinion, I, I just feel that they might have given him the benefit of the doubt to 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 make it seem like. What he was doing wasn't completely off, uh, out of left field. You know what I mean? According to court records, as reported by the Anchorage Daily News, though the guilty parties were charged with poaching wildlife along Funnel Creek in the preserve, an area open to hunting that borders the National Park. According to several resources, including Nick Jan's book, The Grizzly Maze, Treadwell camped only near the Katmai Coast, mainly in areas around Hollow and Kaflia Bay. And never in or near the preserve. The only effective way to patrol all 6,000 square miles, 6,000 square miles of Cocksmouth National Park is by airplane, the method used by authorities. You're not going to be, again, that's why I'm saying the numbers are kind of scared in my opinion. I think they were just giving him the benefit of the doubt because he got fucked up by a bear in a place that he shouldn't have been doing shit he shouldn't have been doing. So they're like, hey, we need to do some PR and, and and some 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 uh some PR damage and we're so we're this is what we're gonna say we're gonna throw it out there saying that look check it out no bears were poached the entire time this dude was alive but the the second he dies we lose five bears boom put, put we're we're gonna press it call Maria she needs to she needs to put this in the front pra- page of her press she's she's already scanning stuff anyway just throw the story in there have Maria scan it she's gonna put it front page on every newspaper that she touches. This is what we're going to do. Bottom line, put a stamp on it. We're done. But then the, the, uh, in the, the authorities were started thinking about it. Like, wait a tick. That's a vast, vast area. To monitor on foot. Not even a, not even a buggy, not even an ATV. You're, you're walking by foot. There's no way you can do 6,000 miles of that shit without being in an airplane. That There's just no way possible. so, I think what they were doing, they were just giving him the benefit of the doubt and kind of giving him a little boost in the in the public's eye. Treadwell's years with the Treadwell's years with Treadwell's years with the Bears were not without disruption. Almost from the start, the National Park Service expressed expressed their worries about his behavior. The park's restriction made him increasingly irate, according to the file kept on Treadwell by the NPS Rangers by the NPS. Rangers reported he had at least six violations from 1994 to 2003. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to have a shitload of violations. He's, in on, he's camping in a national park messing with wild animal. I'm, I'm surprised he only had six violations. Ten years and the only six violations, that's not bad. But number one, the other thing is how the fuck is Treadwell going to be irate over the laws and, and regulations that are in place to protect people? How are you going to get pissed off at the fact that someone's trying to protect you? That doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like zero, 1,000, negative 2,000 percent sense does it make to me. Not one bit. Treadwell also frustrated authorities by refusing to install an electric fence around his camp and refusing to carry bear spray to use as deterrent. Again, you're messing with bears. Unpredictable wild animals. These bears have, have no common sense to say, hey, we remember this guy. That that's Treadwell. That's my that's my boy. Hey yo, Boo Boo, leave Treadwell alone. That's the that's the homie. Don't worry about it. Don't trip, potato chip. But no, no. We all we all understand that wild animals are just that. They're wild. They're not in. They're not captive animals. They're not domesticated animals. These are wild animals living in the wilderness of Alaska, of all places. That's probably. That's probably not one of the places you want to meet a bear because it's wild. Alaska is still wild compared to a lot of the other countries, the other 50 states or 49 states in the, United, in, the, in the USA, in the good of USA. In fact, Treadwell had carried pepper spray with him and had resorted to using it at least one time, but wrote that he had felt terrible grief over the pain he perceived it had caused the bear and refused to use it on subsequent occasions. Okay, look, man. You're telling me that you felt bad because a bear attempted to attack you, so you sprayed him with bear spray, and you felt terrible grief over the pain he perceived it had caused the bear. It it makes him it, it makes him uncomfortable. It goes away after some time. It just gives you enough time for you to get away. It doesn't cause the bear much pain. It irritates and burns your eyes just like it does normal normal be- uh, pepper spray on human people. It doesn't make any sense, man. Come on. Oh, I tell you. So now we're getting to the part that we've all anticipated: his death. We, uh, you want to get? He's on the Graveyard Grumbler podcast. There's a there's a ninety eight percent chance that he's on here not for some good deed. We we all understand the Graveyard Grumbler podcast. So let's get into his death. In October 2003, Treadwell and his girlfriend, physician assistant Amy Huguenard, born October 23rd, 1965 in Buffalo, New York, visited Katmai C- uh, National Park, which is on the Alaska Peninsula across Shilkoff Strait from Kodiak Island. A grizzly man, Werner Herzog, states that according to Treadwell's diaries, Huguenard feared bears and felt uncomfortable in their presence. Let me read that again for those of you who did not hear me because you, you might have sneezed, you took a sip of your espresso, you got a little golden gram stuck in your throat, so, so you wanted to get the teddy gram out. <clears throat> in Grizzly Man, which was the book that was published after, after their death, Werner Herzog states that according to Treadwell's diaries, his own girlfriend, Hugh Nard, Feared bears and felt very uncomfortable in their presence. So by that statement, why in the fuck would you go and hang out with bears if you're uncomfortable and you are afraid of them? Look, I understand getting, you know, chilling and say, oh my gosh, I can see a bear 200 yards away from me. That is crazy. It's done. I'm going back into the plane and I'm going back into civilization. Animals can sense fear. And what happens in the wild when an animal is vulnerable or is dying or shows fear? They get fucked up by by the predator, by by the alpha predator, <laughs> by the apex predator. They get fucked up if they are vulnerable creatures in the wild. So what makes you think that she wasn't presenting herself as a vulnerable as vulnerable prey? Why even Why even show up if you're afraid to be in that situation? That doesn't make any sense to me. Can some, hit me up in the comments. Graveyard Grumbler podcast on Instagram, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com. Let me know what you think. Am I overreacting? I understand that, that there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And I understand that the greatest way to, to overcome fear is to confront your fears. I understand that. But at the same time, you are going into Bears territory. A grizzly bear can just swipe its paw and cut you literally in hope in, in half, wide open, making your innards into outards. Why, why put yourself in such a predicament if you're terrified and not comfortable with the situation? I don't understand. Her final journal entries indicated that she wanted to be away from Kotmi. Treadwell set his campsite near a salmon stream where wild bears commonly feed in autumn. Treadwell set his campsite near a salmon stream where wild bears, wild bears commonly feed in autumn. Treadwell was in the park later in the year than normal at a time when bears attempt to gain as much fat as possible before winter. Food was scarce that fall, causing the bears to be even more more aggressive than usual. Food was scarce that fall. Causing the bears to be even more aggressive than usual. So they are getting ready for hibernation. They are getting ready to shut it down for several months. If you're not familiar with what I watched a lot of wildlife shows with my brother. My brother was addicted to wildlife. He wanted to be a zoologist until I convinced him to go get his CDL, which my bad. I should have let you become a zoologist, Marcos. So hey, Chewbacca, that's on me. However, I was able to convince him to get his commercial driver's license. and because of that he has a flourishing driver a, a, he has a flourishing career as a truck driver right now. And you're welcome. You never thank me for that, but you're welcome. But my brother and I used to watch a lot of Animal Planet, a lot of Discovery Channel, and we my brother and I and several other people, millions of people from around the world, understand. they understand that when hibernation has come, they are very food aggressive because they need to fatten up, so they don't die. The animals who go into hibernation or to shut their bodies down for a little while understand that just naturally, just naturally, they are going to just shut it down. They're going to eat as much as they can. And if they can't get what they want, the food-wise, food they understand that it's literally life or death if they can't stock up on the amount of fat that they need in order to survive the entire hibernation. There's very natural occurring things in 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 the wild in nature that happens. Animals that go into hibernation, they stock up on fat. I mean, the hell, just think about it. A caterpillar turning into a butterfly. It shuts its body down. It understands naturally that it is something that's uncontrollable. It's just a natural occurrence in their life in in their natural life. They don't have butterflies and and, and bears and and, and caterpillars they don't have a choice on what happens. The caterpillar goes and makes its cocoon, gets into it, and boom, automatically it turns into a butterfly, right? Right, we understand that. That's that's basic common sense. We also understand that animals that hibernate want to stock up so they don't die. And if they don't reach that destination or that desired fat level, they are going to die. So they become aggressive because they are literally fighting every animal there for their food to survive so they don't die. Okay, now we're on the same page. Treadwell and Hugnard were to leave the park at his usual time of year and had actually returned to Kodiak on September 26th to store their gear for the season and catch a connecting flight to return to their home in California. After an argument with the airline ticketer over the price of altering his return ticket, Treadwell and Hugnard made the decision to return to their campsite on September 29th for an additional week. Treadwell also wanted to locate a favorite female brown bear that he was concerned about. You know you don't fucked up. You know you don't fucked up, right? You had the opportunity to just leave, go back to Cali, and come back to, to the wild, to the wilderness, when all the bears had been they're out of their hibernation. They've, they've gotten a few meals into them, and they're not so aggressive like they are currently in that, in that time of year. You should have just got back to the plane and went back, back to Cali, Cali. You should have just went back, and, and not went for another year. And why would you go locate a goddamn brown bear that you think you, you you your favorite brown bear because you're concerned about her? Yo, it's a wild animal. The the wild takes care of the animals. Boy, I tell you. He said he hated modern civilization. He said he hated modern civilization and felt better in nature with the bears than he did in big cities around humans. I get that. A lot of just people aren't cut out for city life. They don't like the hustle and bustle. It's too loud. I get it. No knock on there, man. Sometimes I feel the same way. The bears he had been used to during the summer had already gone into hibernation, and bears that Treadwell did not know from other parts of the park were moving into the area. Look, man, it doesn't matter if you know the bears or not. They don't know you. They don't give a shit about you. Why? I mean, look, oh my gosh, there's so many wrong things about this that I don't even know where to start, but I'm not going to start because we're already in the middle of the show, of the episode. The bears he had been used to during the summer had already gone into hibernation and bears that Treadwell did not know from other parts of the park were moving into the area. Like, man, come on now, just shut up, boy. Oh, my gosh. Dude, you have have opposing bears from other hoods coming in saying, this is my shit now, punk. Just leave. You should have went back to Cali when you had the chance. Some of the last footage taken by Treadwell, hours before his death, includes video of a bear diving into the river repeatedly for a piece of dead salmon. Treadwell mentioned in the footage footage that he did not feel entirely comfortable around that particular bear. In Grizzly Man, Herzog speculates on whether Treadwell filmed the very bear that killed him. Can you imagine? You're catching the suspect on camera, but they can't do anything about it. If you, if you felt uncomfortable around a bear doing bear things, maybe you shouldn't do that and you should bear your ass out of there and get back on a plane and go back to Cali. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not a bear professional. Again, the best thing that I have is watching tailspin. That's it. Around noon on Sunday, October 5th, 2003, Treadwell spoke with an associate in Malibu, California by, by satellite phone. Treadwell mentioned no problems with any bears. The next day, October 6th, Willie Fulton, a Kodiak air taxi pilot, arrived at Treadwell and Huynard's campsite to pick them up, but found the area abandoned except for a bear and contacted the local park rangers. The couple's mangled remains were discovered quickly upon investigation. Treadwell's disfigured head, partial spine, and right forearm in hand with his wristwatch still on were recovered a short distance from the camp. Hughnard's partial partial remains were found next to the torn and collapsed tents, partially buried in a mound of twigs and dirt. The couple's mangled remains were discovered quickly upon investigation. Treadwell's disfigured head, partial spine, partial spine, partial partial spine, spine, and right forearm and hand with his wristwatch still on were recovered a short distance from the camp. Amy Hughnards Treadwell's girlfriend, her remains were found next to the torn and collapsed tents partially buried in a mound of twigs partially buried in a mound of twigs this bear straight hid his food and said, oh, I'm going to come back for that snack later I'm going to go do some bear things real quick I'm going to go burn off a few pounds of this, uh, of, this, of this human meat that I just ate oh, I'm about to come back and finish that snack because that snack was the shit they, this bear buried its food so it can come back and eat it later that's what that's what that's why it hid it under the, the fucking twigs and leaves. A large male bear tagged bear 141 protecting the campsite was killed by park rangers during their attempt to retrieve the bodies. A second adolescent bear was also killed a short time later when it charged the park rangers. Yeah, you, dude, you're, you're invading their territory. I don't I, I don't get it. I don't understand why this is why they even did anything. I understand investigations. Okay, okay. I, I, I understand that part. But what I don't understand is you are going to kill a bear that's just doing bear things. Bears don't understand that they're human. They don't understand that, hey, we shouldn't fuck these guys up even though they're in our hood. They don't understand that. What they understand is that, look, man, you are in my territory. I don't like your attitude, and I'm going to fuck you up on site. Blood gang, homie. Let's continue. On-site necropsy of bear 141 revealed human body parts such as fingers and limbs. The younger bear was consumed by other animals before it could be necro- necropsied. The younger bear was consumed by other animals before it could be necropsied. In the 85 history of Cotney of National Park, this was the first known incident of a person being killed by a bear. But this isn't the real first issue, though. That being killed by the bear is irrelevant. The bear is innocent. Free my, free my homie. You shouldn't have shot my homie. The reason why, they, why, the reason why the humans were killed by the bears is because they put themselves in direct, direct confrontation with a bear, with wild bears. Why are we blaming this as a bear attack? The bear, the bear didn't attack anybody. The bear just did its bear things and, and fucked these two people up. It was hibernation season. They were aggressive. There was no food. It was stated clearly. But yeah, we're gonna blame the bear on a bear attack. No, that, that's how we that's how animals get wrong, wrong raps. Look, I, I'm not saying that there's such thing as good bears. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there's no such thing as good bears or bad bears. They're just wild bears. They just do wild bears and they have natural instinct. Just like a, a caterpillar going into a cocoon to become a butterfly. It's just natural instinct. We're not gonna blame it. We're not gonna call, we're not gonna call the caterpillar an introvert or antisocial because it goes and spins its cocoon and then turns into a butterfly. No, that's just natural shit they have no control over. Bears just have natural instincts they can't control. A video camera recovered at the site proved to have been operating during the attack, but police said that the six-minute tape contained only voices and cries as a brown bear mauled Treadwell to death. The tape begins with Treadwell yelling that he is being attacked, saying, quote, come out here, I'm being killed out here, he screams. Boy, I tell you. Why, why, just why? What? The fact that the tape contained only sound led troopers to believe the attack might have happened while the camera was stuffed in a duffel bag or during the dark of the night. If you would have had electric fences, you would not have been fucked up, my guy. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. In Grizzly Man, filmmaker Hermzog claims that the lens cap of the camera was left on, suggesting that Treadwell and Hudard were in the process of setting up for another video sequence when the attack happened. The camera had only... Om- the camera had been turned on just before the attack, but recorded only six minutes of audio before running out of tape. This, however, was enough time to record the bear's initial attack on Treadwell and his agonized screams. It's retreat after Hugh tells Treadwell to play dead, and when she attacked it, and it's return to carry Treadwell off into the forest. The audio of the attack has been made available to listen to the public and is considered lost. They didn't wanna they, they didn't want to release the audio. There's some mock audios. I was thinking about putting some on there, but I can't really find any that is legit. There's some reenactments that I might think about putting on there. I thought I found some gold and I was gonna put the actual audio, but it, it I, I can't find the actual real audio. So obviously, there's always going to be some sort of investigation. We're going to investigate why these people got fucked up by the bears. We already know why they got fucked up by the bears. They got fucked up by the bears because they were hanging out with wild bears. That's why they got fucked up. Right? Right. Let's get into the investigation. Codney Park Ranger Joel Ellis received the call from Andrew Airways at 1.35 p.m. Ranger Ellis then requests that Willie Fulton be contacted by radio and asked that he remain nearby if he could do so safely. Willie then lands again about one mile west of the camp on the western shore of the lake. At 3.20 p.m., Ranger Ellis joins up with two other park rangers at the airport and depart in a Park Service Cessna 206 with Ranger Pilot A. Gillian at the controls and Ranger D. Darlimple in the back seat. These names are all fucked up. <laughs> Ranger Ellis also has park dispatch report the incident to King Salmon State Troopers as well as Alaska Fish and Game, requesting that troopers meet the park rescue team at Kaflia Lake near Tim and Amy's camp. At 4.26 p.m., the team arrive at the lake, and Ranger Ellis conducts a quick interview with Willie Fulton. Willie states that he could not be 100% sure, but was confident that something was wrong. You think? You think something went wrong? There's blood, ass, and guts everywhere all across the park park area, their campsite. They also have ripped-up, torn uh, tents, and their bags are packed, and there's no one around. Yeah, something went wrong. Come on now. Willie advises the rangers that there is only room for one plane to park near the camp and climbs into the Park Service Cessna for the quick taxi to the south shore. As they approach the area, ranger pilot Jillian spots a large adult bear near the top of the hill where the campsite is supposedly located. After exiting the plane, the four begin slowly hiking up the path from the lake, yelling as they walk to help locate any surviving victims and to alert any nearby bears of their presence. Ranger Ellis states that the visibility was poor with a heavy growth of bushes and tall grass. The camp was located on the top of a ridge right out of our sight. Look, uh, I understand that these guys want uh, to, they want to go with the bears, they want to have fun, and they want to do all that other shit. I get that. But why put yourself in a place that it's going to be damn near impossible to locate? They're going to have to have a search and rescue team with machetes and and all this other shit just to get to you to help recover your, your remains. Just stay in an open place where people can land and they can help you out. If you're going to do that, if you're going to disregard any sort of law and safety measures, at least do that. That way people can help you out. We had radio contact with Alaska State Troopers Hill and Jones, who were forced to park their planes 300 meters away and had to hike through the thick bush. So we elected to wait at the base of the hill until Troopers Hill and Jones could catch up. Ranger Ellis was standing with Ranger Gillian and Willie Fulton to his left. Ranger Darlampo was was slightly ahead of Gillian and Gillian suddenly yells, bear, while pointing to the right. Ranger Ellis states that he turned and saw an adult bear moving toward the group about 20 feet away. All four began yelling in hopes that the bear would see them and move away. Ranger Ellis then states that he perceived that the bear was well aware of their presence and was stalking them. Was stalking them. This bear was saying, look, I got me a taste of that tender white meat. Let me go ahead and get some, uh, get some of that there, right there. Let me, let me see what's on the buffet. Let me go ahead and order me up my food to go because these guys are on the go and I'm about to fuck them up as soon as I catch them and do my bare thing. Look, man, they're wild animals. I don't know how many different ways I need to say that. These, these are wild animals. They're gonna fuck people up. Just, just stop. Just, just do, take the safety precautions and stop. You would still be alive, grizzly man. You would still be alive. Ranger L is armed with a forty-caliber handgun, begins to fire at about the same time. Rangers Gillian and Darlample, who were each armed with twelve-gauge shotguns loaded with slugs, also began to shoot at the bear. it's just doing bear things, man. If you weren't in its territory, you're not going to get fucked up by the bear. Why shoot the bear? I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand why you're going to shoot the bear because the bear is going to fuck you guys up. <laughs> Ranger Ellis fires 11 times, while Rangers Gillett and Darlample each fire five times, dropping the bear 12 feet away. That was cutting it thin, stated Ellis. After about 10 seconds, the bear dies, and Willie Fulton then reportedly says, saying, quote, I want to look that bear in the eyes, end quote, and states that he is sure that this was the bear that chased him back to his plane earlier. Shut up. Shut up. Let me look into the bear's eyes because I guarantee you these were the eyes of the killer. This goddamn bear chased me to the plane because he's a killer. Look at those killer eyes. No, dumbass, this fool is just doing bear things and just chilling. You're over here overreacting on dumb shit. Human remains were then found buried by a bear near the campsite, which was in a brushy area with poor visibility. Two tents were discovered, one for gear and the main tent used for sleeping. Both were collapsed and torn. However, there was no evidence that the bear had pulled the victims from the main tent. In front of this main tent was a large mound of mud, grass, and sticks, five feet long, four foot wide, and three foot high. After moving a clump of dirt, Ranger Ellis later recalled seeing fingers and an arm protruding from the pile. Fingers and an arm protruding from the pile because the bear buried it so he can save its snack for later. Food was found in the camp secured in four or five metal bear proof canisters, as well as open snack food found untouched inside the sleeping tent. Both Tim and Amy's shoes were also found neatly still in place at the entrance to the main tent. Rangers Ellis and Darlample then hiked back down the path to retrieve cameras from the plane. Ranger Gillian states that he was standing on top of the knoll about 10 feet from the mound, containing Amy looking around when he spots a large bear about 15 feet away, walking up the same trail that they just hiked up, and the same trail that Ranger Ellis and Darlemple had just walked down. You, you're in bear country, my guy. You're in bear country, of course. You're going to stand up on the, on the knoll 10 feet from the mound that, that was Amy that contained Amy. Think, remember, Amy was buried underneath a bunch of shit because the bear said, I'm going to save that for later. And then he's going to look around when he spots a large bear about 15 feet away walking up the same trail they had just hiked up. Dude, you're in bear country. Why are you shocked? After yelling bear, the two troopers who had arrived at this point as well as Willie Fulton began yelling at the bear to get out. The bear hesitates for about two seconds before turning and walking back down the trail to the lake. They were lucky because not one, not I mean... First of all, the bear could have fucked them up, but number two, they didn't, they didn't shoot a bear. You don't need to shoot a bear. Get out of their territory. Leave them alone. Meanwhile, Rangers Darlemple and Ellis, having just reached a plane and out of earshot of the captivity, or excuse me, my bad. Meanwhile, Rangers Darlemple and Ellis, having just reached the plane and out of earshot of the activity, unfolding back at the camp, spot a, spot a large adult bear moving down the trail from the camp. The two climbed on the plane's float and yell as the bear continues to move away. Because the bear did not appear to be acting aggressively, the rangers allowed it to move off. How are you going to allow it to move off and talk about it's acting aggressively? It's not acting aggressively. It's being protective and just doing its natural bear instinct. That doesn't make any sense for you to say that that the bear was, was in acting aggressively. The bears don't act aggressively. They just act in the manner that they feel instinctual. Oh, I tell you. Investigators combing the nearby area around the campsite discovered what was left to Timothy Treadwell. His head connected to a small piece. Oh my gosh. Investigators combing the nearby area around the campsite discover what was left to Timothy Treadwell. His head connected to a small piece of spine and what has been described as a frozen grimace on his face. His right arm and hand laying nearby with his wristwatch still attached. Of course he's gonna have a grimace on his face. He just got mauled and eaten by a goddamn bear. You think he's gonna be smiling? Like this is what I've always wanted. This is how I want to go out. It fucking hurt. That's why he had a grimace on his face. I'm pretty sure it was something like, eh, that really hurts. Ugh, can you stop? And then he died that way. A grimace on his face. Yes, he did have a grimace on his face, but could you imagine? Just think about it. If you close your eyes, okay? Your eyes are closed. Don't if you're driving, don't close your eyes. If you're walking, don't close your eyes. Just don't. If you're working, do not close your eyes. could you imagine walking up and finding what's left of Timothy Treadwell? All you're going to see is his head connected to a small piece of spine, meaning that the bears mauled everything around him. every bit of flesh and meat and innards that were there, they were completely gone because the bear took care of him. Just think about that for a second. Just think about that. at least he still had his watch, at least he didn't know what time it was when they found him.) <laughs> Meanwhile, searchers excavating the bear's cachet back in camp discover Amy Hewnards, whose arm and fingers had been exposed to the daylight when investigators first entered the camp, appearing as though she were peacefully asleep, except that her body, like Tim's, had been mostly eaten by the bear. God damn. Appearing as though she were peacefully asleep, except that her body, like Tim's, had been mostly eaten by the bears. Stop it. You didn't have to put that in there. You didn't have to put that in there at all, but that's fucked up. Boy, I tell you, and then think about it, what, what sucks about, what sucks worst about that is that Amy didn't even really want to be there. She was only doing it because of her, her her honey boo boo honey bear. That's all she was there for, no pun intended. I just thought about that. She she stated in journals, and even he stated in journals, that she did not feel comfortable around the bears, and she did not trust the bears, number two. Think about it. It's a wild animal, of course. Later, as the helicopter was being loaded, a second smaller bear, approximately three years, three years old, seemed to be stalking the rangers, and it was shot and killed as well. Why would you shoot a three-year-old bear? It did nothing to you. Yeah, it was stalking you. Well, how about you shoot on the ground, spray it with maize, make some loud noise. Scare the fucking bear. You don't need to kill it. You're in their hood. You're, you're in their hood. You're literally in their hood. Why? Why would you? Why? Just why? Ranger Ellis states that he saw a bear about 30 feet away. Ranger Gillian fires a warning shot into the air. However, the bear did not react. This bear was intermittently visible as it moved through the brush and tall grass. We were yelling and the bear was looking right at us. Yeah, because your homeboy, uh, what's his name? Perry Ellis, no, not Perry <laughs> uh, What's his name? Uh, the guy who got killed, uh, fucking grizzly bear, bear man, grizzly man, was over there parting it up and sharing honey and, and Teddy Grahams having best pal sandwiches with these fucking bears. So they're like, oh, this is my homie too. Until I try, until I get within Paul's wreath and I'm going to give you these pity paps and I'm going to eat you. The word of word, let me just give you a word of advice. I think I said it earlier. Do not, I repeat, do not go have best pal sandwiches with bears in Alaska or anywhere else in the United States. It's not going to end well for you. As the bear continued to move towards the group As the bear continued to move towards the group, Ranger Ellis fires a shotgun while Trooper Hill and Ranger Gillian also begin firing at the bear. The bear dropped but continued to move. Ranger Gillian moved in and fired a final shot, killing the bear, states Ellis. Fuck you guys. Video and still camera equipment also found at the site were later analyzed by Alaska State Troopers where it was discovered that the last remaining six minutes of the videotape, which was found still in the camera bag, had captured the sound of the attack. We need that video released. The first sounds from the tape are from Amy. She sounds surprised and asks if it's still out there. Apparently, either Tim had asked Amy to turn the camera on or Amy just turned it on out of reflex. I don't believe this latter scenario took place for one minute, which, will, which I will discuss in the detail below. At any rate, the attack was in progress when the camera was turned on. The next voice is from Timothy as he screams, get out here, I'm getting killed out here. Tim was wearing a remote microphone on his coveralls. The sound of a tent zipper is then heard and the tent flat opening. Amy is heard screaming over the background sounds of rain hitting the tent, the wind, and other storm sounds all mixed in with the bear and Tim fighting to play dead. Seconds pass before Amy yells again to play dead. God damn. Playing dead isn't going to help you. You're still going to get fucked up. You're just making it a less, a less target, lesser of a target for the bear to fuck up. Playing dead does not really work on a wild animal. Look it up. Not surprisingly, with Amy yelling and screaming nearby, this seems to work and the bear breaks off the attack. A short conversation ensues as Amy and Tim try to try and determine if the bear is really gone. Probably not. Being trained in the, being trained as a physician's assistant, it is believed that Amy made her way to Tim, and from the sounds caught on the tape, the bear returns and Amy is forced to back off. Tim then is clearly heard screaming that "plain dead" isn't. <laughs> I did not mean to laugh. I did not mean to laugh. Oh my gosh, that caught me off guard again. I don't. I don't read fully all the shit that I put in when I'm when, when I'm going to do the episode. <laughs> let me redo this. Let, let me read this part again. Oh my gosh. Being trained as a physician's assistant, it is believed that Amy made her way to Tim and from the sounds caught on the tape, the bear returns and Amy is forced to back off. <laughs> Tim is then clearly heard screaming that playing dead isn't working and begs her to hit the bear. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Playing dead isn't working as you're getting fucked up by a bear. You're not, I told you, playing dead doesn't work on animals. I don't know why people think that this is gonna work. It's some it's some old wives' tale that they use that, that women told their husbands to get fucked up by a bear so they wouldn't have to be married to the insufferable prick anymore. But could you imagine just hearing that? I want to hear that audio. I'm I I've been looking for the audio. I can't find the true audio, and I want to hear him yell playing dead isn't working. Boy, I tell you, you wouldn't have to play dead if you weren't out there in the first place, dude. Bottom line. (laughs) The sound of rain... (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, hold on. Let me get my composure. All right, I'm back. The sound of rain hitting the tent along with wind muffled the sounds at this point. However, Amy is clearly heard yelling to fight back. She is then heard screaming, stop, go away, or possibly run away. At the sound of a frying pan, it... (laughs) As the sound of a frying pan is used to beat the top of the bear's head and the sound of Tim moaning. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. It's not funny, but it is funny at the same time. It it is believed that at this point in the attack, the bear let go of Tim's head, which the bear had in his mouth, and grabbed him somewhere in the upper leg area. God damn. The sound of... Hold on. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. If you are related to the person who got mauled by the bear, I do apologize for being rude and and unsympathetic. It's just the story of it is, is entirely funny. It, it really is. But at the same time, it's really it's really sad. But at the same time, it, it the shit catches me off guard, so I'm just going to laugh. I don't mean any disrespect, not one sort of any kind of bit. I really don't mean any disrespect. He shouldn't have been out there, though. The sound of Amy screaming very loudly as Tim is clearly heard over the sounds of the storm saying, Amy, get away, get away, go away. Tim knew he was going to die at this point and wanted to save Amy from the same fate. Amy did not go away. Why aren't you going to run away? Your boo-boo honey bear bear is literally getting fucked up by an aggressive honey bear bear. He's yelling for you to get away, but you're not going to leave. Why? Why aren't you going to leave? For anybody, my wife included, family, friends, if I'm getting fucked up by an animal and I tell you to run, please run. Don't, don't stay. Don't stay. Just run away because I'm telling you to run away. There's nothing left for me here. The audio portion of the videotape lasts roughly six minutes. During this period, Tim cries and pleadings can be heard for two-thirds of that time. God damn. He did not... He, he did not die quickly. Unlike some traumatic death victims who were lucky enough to drift off into a shock-induced dream state, Tim was obviously very aware and struggling desperately to survive during the last moments of his life. Damn, that sucks. And it, for a lot of people that are that are like horrifically maimed and other shit to where they are going to die, they're able to go in shock and kind of just shut down and just die without feeling much. That that's proven. But in this case, Tim was very well aware of everything that was going around, felt every bit of bite, scratch, maul, eating, gnawing, every single thing, even heard his own bones crunching. And then he died after that. Unlike what is portrayed in the movies, the bear is nearly silent. Only low growls and periodic grumps are heard, which only adds to the horror of the scene. Sounds of the bear dragging Tim off and the fading sounds of his screams indicate that Tim is being pulled and dragged into the brush and away from the camp. As the tape comes to an end, the sounds of Amy's high-pitched screams rise to a new level, much like what has been described as the sound of a predator call used by hunters to produce the distress cries of a small wounded animal, which often attracts bears. Let me reread that part because I was trying to understand it as I was reading because I was shocked by what it was said. As the tape comes to an end, the sounds of Amy's high-pitched screams rise to a new level, much like what has been described as the sound of a predator call used by hunters to produce the distress cries of a small wounded animal which often attracts bears. This woman was screaming so high that it sounded like a hunter, like a call, like a bear call that a hunter would use to attract very, the, the very animal that fucked her up. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine just knowing that you are screaming so loudly? That you're attracting the very animal that is fucking you and your your boyfriend up, but you can't change it. So it's attracting even more bear and turning the bear on even more to attack you. Damn, that sucks. Biologist Larry Van Dale for the Alaska Department of Fish and Game theorizes that Amy screams may have prompted the bear to return and kill her. God damn. Her screams may have prompted the bear to return and kill her just to, I mean, I'm guessing to shut her up, but number two, probably because of the, it was just their, again, their natural instinct. We can only envision the horror of what Amy had witnessed and heard. Hysterical and paralyzed with fear, standing just outside of the tent until the bear bear returned and attacked her. You're just frozen in shock, just frozen in shock and you can't do anything, but you're screaming so loudly, so at such a high pitch. If the bear comes back and says, "Oh, you're still here. Thanks for calling me back." Boom! I'm about to get you too. But I'm going to save you for later. So I'm going to bury you in some dirt. That's pretty much what happened. On Friday, October 8, 2003, two days after investigators first arrived and killed the two bears, a necropsy of the be- of the larger bear was conducted at the scene by bi- by bi- by biologist Larry Van Dale, where it was learned the stomach and digestive tract contained human remains and torn pieces of clothing. Well, yeah, because the bear fucking ate them. Four garbage bags containing human remains were removed and flown out by helicopter. The smaller, younger bear had been eaten by other bears before the multi-agency team could return and only the head remained. So no determination could be made, could be made as to whether this young bear had played any part in the deaths or the consumption of the victims. Of course he did. Of, of course he did. The bear was like, yo, I want some of that action too. Let me get in there. Let me tag team though, son. Let me get in this boy. And you know very well he helped out. Graveyard Grumbler's final wrap. Let's go ahead and wrap this episode up. It was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. I, I didn't think I was going to even get close to, to the hour mark, but I'm, I'm glad I did. I love, I love releasing hour-long hour, hour long episodes. So let's get into the, to the final wrap. Did Tim still think that grizzly bears were mainly harmless party animals as the bear attacked and then dragged him away from camp? That's fucked up to say. That, that, that's, that's, that's foul. You're speaking wild on the yard right now. You're speaking wild on the yard right now. Asking if he thought they were mainly harmless party animals. Shut your dumb ass up. So here's my opinion. I, I, I don't understand. No, hold on. Let me rephrase let me that. Let, let, me, let, me, let me rethink this. I, I think that he understood that they were wild animals. That I'm pretty sure of. But what I don't think he understood was the severity of the word wild. He feels that because the bears were were uninterested or didn't bother him as much and tolerated him to to be within arms ring arms reach of the bears he felt like he truly had this bond and this special connection with the bears but in reality there was no special bond and there was no special relationship that they had just the bears weren't weren't provoked or had any need to attack at that time so, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure he understood, but like he mentioned earlier, there was bears that he didn't recognize and he didn't feel comfortable around. I, I get that. I, I understand that. But at the same time, I think he was delusional. Maybe there were some mental health issues. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not accusing, but that's just things that pop up in my head that I wanted, that I just throw out there. But I think that, that he truly believed that there was some sort of special connection with him and the bears. I, I, I can't fault him for it. I mean, come on now. Who's to blame? Only Tim and, of course, Amy for trusting Tim. But then who can really say it is it is possible that this incident would have occurred no matter what precautions Tim and Amy might have taken. That's absolutely not true. Not true at all. If the if the precautions were taken and they obeyed and followed state or park regulations and safety and 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 put up actual safety barriers for them, the chances of attack would have been very, very, very less likely. There's, there's still a chance, of course, but for them to be mauled the way that they did, absolutely not. If they had their, their electric fence up, this wouldn't have happened. They had their bear spray. They would have been, had a fighting chance, but no. I just don't, I just don't understand why people think that, that they, they, they're above wild or wildlife. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Number one, I don't I, look. If you're if you're into the wild, fine. Do what you have to do, but just take the proper safety precautions. You know, this guy fucked up. I don't think he should have been out there. He wasn't a trained professional. He didn't do much to help prevent himself from from this exact scenario, not at all. However, people, you know, to each his own. I mean, we have some great footage. I, I haven't seen the footage. Allegedly, what's what's being reported is that the original audio that was that was recorded for, during the bear attack. Was given to Tim's ex girlfriend, and she refuses to release it. She does not want to release it, not even for any exuberant amount of money. She doesn't want to release the audio, which I'm hoping she does soon because I want to do a follow up episode and release the audio because you know, inquiring mind wants to know. So we're going to go ahead and end it there. I mean, look, you don't play with bears. Don't don't fuck around with bears. Don't don't even don't even go play with feral cats because they're going to fuck you up too. Just stay away from wildlife. Look at them from afar. You don't need to be up close. Just don't do it. Announcements, announcements. I know that I said I was going to release a Patreon, but the episode that I was doing, my source, my my website source, actually got shut down, so I'm trying to find a better one. I was in the midst of recording and gathering some info because it's a long-ass episode, so I might actually replace another episode next week. I've been working on it, so... Hopefully I can get that out. Not hopefully. I will have it out to you next week. But I don't know if it's going to be the episode that I was working on. It was a Russian serial killer that had a lot of bodies. But, the, I mean, it was like, it was going to be like a two-hour episode. But the, the second part of the information that I was giving, I can't find what I had saved now. The, the website just isn't available anymore. So now I have to look around to find the exact stuff that I wanted to put on there. Other than that, uh, nothing new to announce. My show's weekly. I, every now and again, I'll be bi-weekly. Depends on my work schedule and how busy I am. So if I don't put out an episode, it's it's for that reason. It's because I've got caught up with with my work or something else happened that I couldn't take the time to sit down and record a, an episode for you guys. But please go share my, my, my podcast with everybody. Just send them the link. Just say, click this. I want you to listen to it. Tell me what you think about it. Just send it. Don't even ask if you can send it. Just put it in your text message and just share it with people. All right? I'd appreciate it, and please also go to go to uh, Apple Podcasts on and uh, go rate my show. Leave, leave a nice comment. Put put my put me five stars because I know you like me, and I would appreciate it very much. Other than that, there's nothing else to announce. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in every single time I release an episode. You guys mean a lot to me. You really, really do. I never dreamed ever that when I first started this podcast that I would have as much support and as many listeners as I have now. I never thought I would. And each day my numbers are growing and it it blows my mind. I'm so humble and I'm so appreciated with all, I appreciate all the love that that I receive from uh, the downloads and, and people listening to my show. And as always, good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. Grumbler Radio, Podcast. Radio, Radio.